Hello, my friends. I'm curious to know how many of you have a leadership pipeline. We know that great leaders grow companies because we talk to them here on the show every day. But what are you doing to create great leaders within yours? If you're a CTO, it is 100% your responsibility to grow and improve your people beyond just their coding abilities. We've built a tool that improves your people in their craft and in leadership. Visit leaderbits.io to learn more. Today we are talking to Frank DeGeorge, the CTO of Impact Networking, and we discuss providing support to your first-time leaders, solving business challenges by partnering with the customer, and leveraging targets to get everyone pushing in the same direction. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So one of my favorite things about you is the type of CTO that you are. So you have, it's not just straight engineering right up through uh, individual contributor team lead CTO. You had, you've done like strategic stuff, like business stuff. And I'm really curious to hear your story about uh, how you professionally got, uh, it looks like you've been at your company for a while. Sure. Yeah. over, Over 10 years, 12 years. And tell me a little bit about your story growing up through your current company. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've been with Impact. It'll be 13 years this summer. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, looking back a long time, uh, I started with them right out of college. And so I had a, a degree that at the time, uh, uh, pretty much a management information system degree. And, um, uh, you know, didn't want to do just typical IT help this stuff. So I was kind of looking for something unique and new and um, came the impact. We were a much smaller company then. We were probably 45 employees, maybe 15 million. Um, and today we're 600 employees, uh, about 130 million this year. Um, so uh, much different company, but I, I think the biggest thing that I saw was was the vision and more or less the opportunity to grow with a new part of their business, which uh, what's, what will eventually be called um, strategic services and implementing software and uh, more or less the software is focused around document management at the time and capture, uh, document capture. And uh, it was a newer division and I saw an opportunity to uh, take a risk at the time, graduating from college, didn't have a, you know, a lot of responsibility, honestly, right? So uh, if I was gonna try something new, I can always revert back to a comfort zone that I was very comfortable with, uh, which was traditional IT. Um, but um, kind of fell in love with Impact and the culture and their vision for opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think we both took advantage of it as far as Impact and myself. So, so good culture. What type of things do you guys value there? Um, you know, from, from Frank Kuko, who's our CEO on down, um, culture and, and the employees really, really comes first. They, and they, uh, the majority of the owners who, who started Impact from scratch, they, they uh, kind of built it upon what they didn't want the company to do or become based on their experience. And so they focused on, on that and they figured if we can make employees happy and they want to come to work every day and they're passionate about what they do and they care about what they do, then that'll spill over into good, calls, uh, uh, good customer service and it seems to be working. We have very, very high customer retention rate. Um, we have very low turnover uh, of our uh, of our employees, um, and we value culture first and foremost within the organization. 
Nice. And clearly that's very important, especially when going through the growth you went through from 45 to 600. And I talk with people every day that experience that type of hyper growth and the recurring conversation when I ask them what their takeaways are from that, they're like scaling culture. Sure. Like in every department, like when you, when it's tight and you've got, you know, 10, 50 people, you can access the CEO. You can watch how they walk through the room and show up to work. And that spreads throughout. But when you get to that like hundred mark, it becomes really difficult and you rely on your leaders, you know, to, to have the behaviors that you desire for them to spread throughout the organization. Yeah. You know, and, uh, we obviously try and keep a close eye on that. And so, um, there's a number of, of other, uh, partners within the organization now that, that have to kind of, you know, carry that torch. Um, but to this day, our CEO's, uh, uh office, uh, his doors wide open, any employee, uh, from, you know, administration to warehouse can, can walk in and have a conversation with them. He never wants to lose that, that connection. Um, having, I don't know, 18 locations, uh, we still have to make sure that culture carries through uh, to each of those locations. And so we have a big promote from within type of culture we want, especially on, on well, not, you know, not a, even that. I mean, our sales teams to the people in our admin, to our warehouse, to everything, we, we try and, and find people who are really excelling and um, are doing things, you know, the impact way. And, and those are people that get promoted and uh, start uh, carrying on the culture with their own teams. And that makes sense too, because if you have a good culture, right, and you're growing your people and you're teaching them to grow and improve themselves, and you don't, and you are always taking people in from the outside, you're eliminating the opportunities for those people that are growing themselves to rise up, right? Sure. To see the future for themselves. So I really like that because it's a, uh, it's how we run our tribe over here is why I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I, I think we have a really good set of, uh, of, of employees and impact. And the, I, I think the biggest thing that when, when managers and um, hiring managers interview is they look to make sure that, that there's a cultural fit that that person will fit within the organization. We have no problem hiring uh, you know, entry level people and working, working with them to develop their, uh, personal and professional skills, but we want to make sure that they're, they're as passionate as we are about the things that we're doing. And that's that famous like chart, right? Where they, they map out how much skill you have and how much of a culture fit you are. And it says, sure. if, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're high skill and high culture fit. That's great. If they're low skill and low culture fit, no. Right. Yeah. You can definitely teach skill, but weeding out behavior is like so difficult. It, you have to change the entire environment. It's, it's actually very difficult to adjust behavior. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and we, we do a lot of things as a company to have common goals to get behavior all going towards the same direction. So we have, uh, you know, over the course of the last six years, we actually have targets that if we hit, uh, hit those targets, then any employee who's been with the organization a year or more at that point, um, we actually do all-inclusive trips to Mexico. And so mm. you get... Uh, you get, um, you know, people from, from finance and admin and warehouse and sales and, and, and service and help desk and support all, you know, working towards a common goal that's very visible and very, uh, very much broadcasted daily, uh, holding people accountable. And the people who, who aren't, you know, part of that, I would say um, it's very easy to see who, who those people are. And it's, uh, it's not really an issue because I think the culture now kind of, you know, I don't want to say self-manages, but helps us achieve that common goal. So 
when you have, uh, you know, hundreds of people all rooting towards uh, what that could be and the amount of fun that we could have, uh, you know, that's exciting stuff. And that's the stuff we've, we've hit, we've hit it, uh, uh, let's see, five, uh, five years in a row. So nice. It's like autonomous leadership, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody say that we had, uh, you know, daily motion or like a video company. Yeah. Um, they actually came out, I didn't know this, but they came out like right around the time YouTube did. They've always been like a competitor with YouTube, but their uh, CTO is named Guillaume and he was, he's like fantastic, right? And he was sharing some of his management leadership ideas and he had this one and he said autonomous leadership. And since the moment I heard him say that, like we made clips of it, I wrote like an article about <laughs> it because it just, it sounds like the next wave buzzword, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess I, I, I think it makes sense, you know, and, um, I, I'm, you know, as far as the teams that, that I have, we, we try and, uh, and have the, the leaders, uh, work with their teams. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, once that you, based on how visible that goal is and, and who's working towards it, everyone's doing their part and, and, and the company doesn't function without any of the, uh, of, of our employees. They're all here for a reason. And so we want to make sure that, everyone gets a reward uh, when the company does well. I love it. We have, we have our metrics that matter over here and we track them. Right now we do this thing because we only have about 11 people, nine in the office. We all have metrics that we own. So like one person's in charge of every metric, even if it touches multiple teams, like one person owns the metric. And then on Fridays, we do a 90 second lightning round where we, each person who owns the metric stands up, they get 90 seconds to say how they grew personally, how they grew professionally and how they're doing on their metrics. And so that's like the requirements to work here. Every week you have to do something to grow personally. You have to grow sure. professionally and you have to hit your, hit your metrics, give an update on metrics. And we started that and it's been awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of look back at just my, my own path as far as getting from entry level to where I'm at today. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's as formal as, as what you have there, which sounds really, uh, really well organized and holds people accountable. But, um, you know, uh, we, we, we grew fast. We had the right people. We developed the right people. Uh, and those people develop people. And we all hold each other accountable through that. And so I've had, you know, multiple different positions as, as we get, you know, as gone through over the last 13 years. But um, none of those would happen without, you know, other people taking their role seriously and, you know, without taking advantage of, of the opportunities that, that we mutually had together. So. And that's the beautiful thing about a culture is it decides what's right for itself. And then that breeds creativity. And then people start sharing about what, what came out of their culture and like how, what happened. And then other companies can try it and see if it fits with them. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's a whole new, as I'm, you know, getting into my thirties, I'm 31 now. So like, as I'm getting in my thirties, it's like a whole new world from being quiet, introverted engineer, writing code and caring <laughs> about the speed of the <laughs> everything um, to, to figuring out that it's about people and business only exists because of people. Like everything we do is just to drive humans and whatever, like you can't exist in the market without being useful to someone. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we wouldn't grow, you know, roughly, I don't know, 25, 26% on average year over year without adapting our business model. And right. I think that's even part of, uh, of our culture is constantly adapting what we bring to market, how we bring it to market and the people we need in order to uh, execute on that go to market strategy. And so it's get, that's getting faster for sure. You know, if I look at what we started, uh, what we were doing when I started, 
you know, five years after that, five years after that, and almost five years after that, um, we are doing things today that, you know, I wouldn't even uh, have, have dreamt about. Um, and those are just, uh, you know, more or less a starting point. We're constantly going to uh, adapt how we go to market. And a culture has got to breed some of that creativity. It's also got to, got to breed the leaders it takes to uh, uh, bring these new business offerings to, to the market and to be able to uh, hit customers' expectations. Let's talk about it. You as a leader, I, I don't know which came first, you being booked on the show or you providing a quote for what we're doing? <laughs> about the same time, I think. <laughs> Was it about the same time? Yeah. Did you know that you're going in the book too or did you not know about that? No, I did not know about that. Okay. So we got, we've, we've, over the course of this time, we've gotten so many quotes and for our newsletters and for the different things that we use them for. And finally we said, oh, I've got these books on my, my desk at work, like 365 days of motivational quotes or whatever. It's like, let's do one for technology leaders and we'll do a quote every day okay. and we'll, you know, make it look like the memes where it's like cool design quotes, oh, you know, sure. <laughs> and we'll, uh, put that up into a book and, and distribute it on Amazon and just send it out to past guests. We do stuff like that all the time, like in gift bags or whatever. And uh, yeah, so we came up with that idea and I was like so excited about it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds neat. I'll, I'll definitely have to get one. Um, but as far as, as far as the quote, um, you know, I, I think that that's, that stands, you know, obviously I, I passionately believe it. it you, you have to be inspired by the person who's going to lead you. Um, and, uh, and, you know, be somewhat of an inspiration to, pers to the people you're leading, but also be inspired by the people that work with you and for you as well, because it's, it's up to them, uh, to, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, bring everything together. And so we can have these great ideas, but unless they're passionate and inspired and, and like to do what they're doing and, and want to do it for the organization and the company, um, then it doesn't matter, but if they're having fun and doing all that other stuff and it all comes together, that is really what, what, what excites me is, is watching those employees be proud of their work. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's part of, it's, it's part of impacts culture are, are the, the, the owners and leaders that, that lead this company, I believe are, are, uh, an inspiration to all employees. Yeah. I, I like you even more now that we're talking. <laughs> so, so let's take it back. Let's bring some, let's talk a little bit of tech and then a little bit of leadership uh, because leadership's on my mind. I'm going to start with that. Okay. Uh, let's take, let's take it back to, you got young Frank, right? Okay. <laughs> he just got into this position and he's fixing to go from working on a team to having responsibility of other people to grow to grow them, that first time leader transition. Sure. Everybody has a story. What, what is your takeaway from that experience? Um, you know, I, I think looking back, I, I, I'd like to think I was smarter than I was, but honestly, I think there's some, some amount of luck in there as far as finding impact. Um, and, um, you know, what, what drew me to impact. And, and even though we were, again, we were a much smaller company and, you know, yeah, we had aspirations, but you know, um, or, or at the time they had aspirations. Uh, but I had no idea that it would turn out to be one of the best decisions I've made, uh, you know, uh, really in my adult life. Um, and, um, you know, besides marrying my wife and my kids and all that oh, stuff, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll put that little asterisk there, but, yes. um, you know, it, it's, it was an opportunity that, like I said, it, it was something that I could, I felt comfortable taking a, it was, you know, relatively low risk at the time. Uh, you know, I didn't have kids. There wasn't responsible for anyone really, but myself, as far as getting into the marketplace, getting to work, getting a job. 
And, um, you know, so there's a certain amount of luck to it that I found them, but I saw an opportunity and I, I wanted to give anything, you know, um, I, and now looking at resumes, I see a bunch of people who, who switch jobs every year or two years or three years. And, and that's fine. That's, that's, that's not for everybody. For me, I wanted to give my first thing five years at least, uh, because I felt like I couldn't learn something new. Um, even a year or two at a young, uh, young graduate age without really giving it, you know, years of my life and, and, and trying to make that work. So that was my first goal was to just make it through the first five years. Um, and then, uh, getting into that point is really when the economy started to, uh, you know, struggle a little bit through 09 and 10 and 11. Um, and that was my first, uh, my first time to be a manager was around that time. So, um, it was a challenging market. Uh, Impact wasn't immune to some of those challenges, but we emerged from that a really strong, a really focused company. Um, since that point going forward, we've looked nowhere but up as far as the opportunities and, and what we can accomplish. All right. I want to dig a little deeper. Okay. Because uh, like we get messy on the show. Um, <laughs> human, human wise, like what, what was the most, like you, be, you became leader of a team. Mm -hmm. And this is a recurring topic I ask about first time leaders. Okay. And there's always like issues. Like there's always a lesson, like a takeaway, um, whether it's listening or understanding people or whatever. There's, there's something in your mind, like some, you don't have to share the exact story. <laughs> okay. First of all, I'm just saying that all you, all I want is the theme or the takeaway of, of what, what your big lesson was being a leader for the first time? Um, you can't always expect things to get done the way that you did them. You can maybe expect similar results, but I got in a lot of, I don't want to say issues, but you know, challenges trying to say, this is the way we're going to do it. This is how it needs to be done. This is the way I've done it. It works. Just do it. And so uh, the biggest thing is learning, you know, obviously how to delegate and how to let go of certain things that just aren't meaningful enough to matter when you're getting the same result out of it. Yes, that is what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> that is hard. That is like real when people are like our audience is, you know, CTOs, engineers, people trying to level up in their career, trying to sure. grow and they're in their jobs right now and listening to this on their commutes or at work. And they're like experiencing the rawness of like having to, you know, deal with issues for the first time, right? Everything from people having, you know, personal issues uh, that are affecting yeah. their performance to metrics. Like one of the ones that I always like is, uh, I was, I was super metric driven. Like why yeah, I was always about like, Oh, you, did you hit that? Did you hit that? Like why, right. why isn't it? Then I realized it's a human writing the code. <laughs> and sometimes the human has problems and sometimes they're not related at all to the work. Sure. <laughs> and so you got to go coach up the human side of things in order for the rest of the pipeline to produce correctly. Yeah. So, and I think, um, obviously every person's different and I, I have a different, uh, a few different groups that ultimately now report up to me and some of them are, are very sales client facing and they're responsible for quotas. Some of them are project managers. Some of them are developers. Some of them are systems integrators. Some of them are managers. Some of them are directors. And so, uh, you get a really unique set of personalities when you go from, you know, a sales focused, uh, a team to a, development focused team and trying to bridge that gap and making sure everyone's working nicely together. So I, I would agree. And, you know, there's probably employees that'll listen to this eventually and 
they're laughing at probably some of the stories that we could probably tell that uh, when we were first getting started that understand where that's where that's coming from. So, oh, it's so it's so difficult. Sales makes all the money, but product makes the product, and sure. it's like this it's this two tower thing, and you have to you have to bridge it. Meanwhile, you're dealing with not only are you are you dealing with two different ideas in the business that are both very important, right? They need each other, but you're dealing with typically people who are near opposite in personality. And so now you have to appease both groups and communicate between both of them to keep everything running smoothly. But that's why you get paid as a leader. <laughs> yeah, you know, and honestly, you know, I, I, we're uh, fortunate to have the culture that we do. And I, I you know, I, you know, we're, we're all part of that culture and we all have to work towards it. But oh, yeah. um, we don't have a lot of the, 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 the issues and the boundaries and red tape and politics. And, and that, that's part of making impact, I believe, what makes impact what it is today is, you know, a lot of companies, there would be, you know, huge, uh, you know, borders between sales and operations and, you know, development and tech support and all that. But here we're all, you know, we're, we're, we're all in this together and there, there's, we're all, there's all common goals. And, uh, you know, I can't stress that enough. It's, it, 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 we're, we're really fortunate to have the culture that we do that, 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 uh, that we spend as much time and energy focusing on it. I love it. I love it because that's what works. That that sort of like integrated pod style is really useful. Uh, okay, so now you're going from running a team, your yeah. first team. You got through it. You learned how to delegate. You learned that you can't be too specific about it, and you have to convince people and you know get their buy-in. And now you're going to your first time running teams of teams. So now mm -hmm. you're interacting with leaders directly. What's your takeaway from that one? Uh you know, you try and, and not have them repeat the same mistakes, but uh, obviously people are going to go through, you know, their own learning cycle. So, I mean, the same thing, right? They're going to want to do things, what, what's made them successful and how to rinse and repeat that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think everyone goes through that, those same, those same sort of challenges as, as first-time managers. And, and most of the people that, that we promoted, you know, are first-time managers. So you got to spend yeah. some time with them and they need to learn to let go and they need to understand it. Um, you don't want to be the one thing I told you so, so you got to watch that a little bit, but you know, uh, you just have to work with them to make sure that they, uh, they know that they can uh, lean on you when they need support. They know to ask for it when they need support. Um, they know to delegate to you when necessary um, and not try and be that complete shield of, you know, whatever it is that is uh, either a challenge or an issue or a customer issue or uh, too much, you know, workload or need to add people or interview Whatever it is, they, they have to know that they can lean on you uh, to help alleviate some of that stress and, you know, obviously vice versa. So important thing that I, that I like that you said, but I want to I highlight it a little bit, is in that second role of you running team leads, first, first, when you went into team lead, it was you learning that. But now that you were leading other team leads, it was you coaching those people through it, which is a different skill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, Again, that's a, it's another learning, uh, definitely take some time and, um, you know, you gotta, again, not be in the position where you're trying to just tell them what to do, but you know, you gotta let them make mistakes and, and then, and then kind of peel back the onion a little bit and figure out what caused it and, and try and find ways that they can work through that the next time without maybe getting somebody else involved. It's so much like having kids. It's scary. <laughs> I wouldn't tell them that, but I might tell my kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that's not, that's not professional advice from us, but right. I will tell you this, like it, it's really interesting because I, you can sit there and tell them it's hot all day, but they're going to touch it. 
Like, right. and then they know it's hot, you know? Yeah. So, and it, yeah. And there's, there's certain situations where you, you, you know, like, okay, well maybe you could have brought that one to me a little sooner than maybe you did. But um, you know, obviously um, they have to learn how to, how to, how to handle what, again, whatever challenges those are that are coming through. And, and there's going to be new sets of challenges all the time. One of, one of my favorite pieces of leadership advice from, from past guests was creating an environment where it's safe for them to make those mistakes. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because you want to, you can't just tell them what to do. You can't just feed them the answers, but the thing you can control as a leader is that they're in an environment where it's safe to fail. Yeah. And you know, I think, um, you can't be afraid to make mistakes and you got to be willing to, I don't say take those risks, but to be able you know, push the, un, push the envelope because that's how a company like Impact is going to stay on the edge and, and bring new products and services to market. Uh, we were perfectly comfortable where we were, and, but no one likes being comfortable, at least not, not no, at our company. <laughs> not my, that's not my vibe, man. Right. It's like if you're comfortable, you're, something's wrong. You're, right. you're not growing right now. You're either growing or you're dying. Like, I don't like that comfort zone. Yeah, and and if you ask our owner uh, or uh, Frank as far as what uh, why he keeps doing what he does with Impact is he you know he wants the employees to be successful and the only way to keep making employees successful and keep having them grow uh, personally and professionally is to keep Impact growing and so we can keep uh, you know creating new leaders getting into new different products and services and uh, and you know keep that cycle going and and if if we weren't a growing company um, you know some of the stuff that we've we've, uh, you know, hired on and interviewed on and said that, you know, there's opportunity. Just take my, my example from, from entry level college to where I'm at today. If impact wasn't a growing company, you know, that, that opportunity is a lot smaller for me and a lot smaller for everybody else. So that, that, that's also part of it. And, and we have to get people out of their, out of their comfort zones on a regular basis. Let, let's, uh, let's talk about that, about you, you going to CTO, right? Because you, there was 45 people there when you started, right? And you had sure. a culture of growing. So that's, you have, you're on a good team. Mm-hmm. You had a good growing company. Why did Frank make it to CTO? What was different about you? Like what qualities would the other Frank, your CEO, say that you possess that got you to where you are today? Yeah, so... Um... You know, I obviously ask myself that question a lot as far as, you know, am I fulfilling the role the way that, you know, I envisioned it and also the way Impact envisioned it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that I worked with at the time when I started that are now in other leadership positions. Uh, you know, um, Doug Gamash, who's our CIO, he started two or three years before me. Uh, there's there's uh, people in sales that are now um, GMs and also partners with, with within the company that have gotten promoted into into the ranks. So, you know, honestly, I, I think we found our, 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 our niches as far as what we were going to be successful at. Um, but it's, uh, it, you know, what we really, what, what I, what, and I, I kind of brought it to Frank, our, our owner, as far as the, the creation of this position and, and what we needed. One, we needed to be able to launch new products and services and, and do that pretty effectively. And so we had to address a lot of our own um, uh, challenges as we're a fast-growing company. We're, we're not immune to the same challenges that we, we help our customers with. So we had business processes and side processes and you name it and, and stuff that just had to, to be focused on in order to facilitate impacts growth. And so 
Um, me and our CIO work closely hand in hand, and we kind of divvy up responsibilities, obviously. There's some overlap, but uh, to keep impact growing, and that, that was really my, my pitch was, one, impact should be its own best case study for the products and services that we're offering. Um, and there's obviously room for improvement because there has to be. When you go from, you know, uh, you know, you know, X to where we are today in three years, which is double size of the company, you know, stuff is going to start to show uh, some stress cracks. And we want to make sure that we got ahead of that and allowed us to, to, to keep the company growing um, and, and maximizing our employee talent. Nice. I like it. And so you were innovative in the sense that you identified this need and proposed this role as the solution to it. Yeah. And, you know, it, uh, uh, I'm in a unique spot because I'm, I'm responsible for a lot of customer facing activities, which is, which is really fun. And, and obviously um, different types of challenges and customer, uh, customer use cases that, that come to light. Uh, but now, you know, I would say impact is probably our most complicated customer and, you know, we're fast growing. We have a lot of business offerings that, that, that we offer. Um, some of them work nice and, and, and relate to one another. And some are, are, our unique sets of offering. For, for example, our, our managed marketing services is, is a unique offering uh, where we'll do brand strategy and, and marketing and a whole bunch of services around that for organizations. So the same team that has to you know, process those types of contracts, it's the same team that has to process our managed IT and our digital transformation uh, um, you know, contract as well with our customers. So um, we bring a, a full set of challenges uh, to the table every day that we want to address and make it easier for our employees to do, uh, to really do their work. I like you mentioned that word digital transformation because I thought it was over. Because <laughs> it, it, it was in the, it was in the, it was like such a buzzword for so long. Yeah. Like, all right, it's over. But then I'm talking to people who are professionals working at this higher level, doing these larger contracts, getting companies off of mainframe still like, they're, like this is not over. It in fact is like just maybe in like 30 to 40% of it. Like it's still going. It's like, I don't even think it's hit its peak, this digital transformation transformation thing. Yeah, I, I would, I would completely agree with you. You know, the bus term got really popular and probably overused. Um, you know, we we're using it because it sums up nicely the set of services that impact offers. And so we're, we, um, we're, we're putting a, a full kind of marketing effort around that right now because everything from our managed IT services to our business process services to our document management services to managing uh, print and documents to uh, our managed marketing services, no matter what, we're either helping companies operationally or with their customer experience. Um, and those two things play nicely within the digital transformation kind of Kind of mindset, and the the dollars are staggering. Uh, based on the reports I've read, you know, two trillion dollars globally being invested into digital transformation. So obviously, uh, North America has their their large share of that, and even in our markets uh, of uh, that subset, um, we think it's it's a really good time to be uh, having those products and services and and helping companies with it. Uh, and that small and mid-sized market. Um, you know, they really can't do it on their own. They need a partner. They need uh, product and services. They need expertise uh, to help them walk through whatever that digital transformation life cycle is for that company. And that's really what impact is. It has, uh, has expertise in. Nice. I'm actually, so I'm going around the world and like giving this talk about what I've learned speaking with the greatest technology leaders on earth. And that's really exciting too, from going out from sure. behind the microphone to like talking to thousands of people. And so one of, one of the conferences 
accepted the talk and then they're like, oh, we're super excited to have you, but we want you to do an entirely different talk. And, okay. I'm, like, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what do you want the talk to be? And they said, oh, well, it's about digital transformation and how to accelerate the growth of your company. <laughs> and I'm like, why did you accept my talk? <laughs> it's about creating, <laughs> creating better leaders. But then I, then I sat down and I, you know, took a look at, you know, could I, could I somehow tie people and leadership back to digital transformation? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Because I just picked different stories from different right. interviews and things like that. So ultimately here, here's the, um, the title is uh, four habits of digital transformation titans. Okay. That, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> right? I'm interested. <laughs> right. And it's uh, learn how these industry titans navigate the digital transformation landscape and this engaging high energy talk, and then goes on so forth. Um, actionable steps to implement today, navigating the jagged path of acceleration and transformation, and a clear path to thrive in an ever-changing ecosystem. So they accepted that, and so now I have to- Now you have to create it. <laughs> yeah, any, any, <laughs> any well, ideas? Yeah, actually. Uh, okay, we, um we we actually you know we we have a huge event that we're putting on and we we did the inaugural event last year called impact optimize uh and um if you go to impactoptimize.com you'll see what the event is this year but it's digital transformation for growing companies and it's a you know it's a it's a full day talk track uh you know conference um with a lot of breakout sessions about how to actually you know get your arms around it so um actually our our, our keynote speaker is Robert Hertrevec, so from Shark Tank, and so yeah. obviously very prevalent in the security uh, space, which is a huge part of a overall strategy for digital transformation. Uh, but we also have uh, another keynote, uh, Mike Jones, who is president of banking operations at CIT, about his own company's digital transformation uh, and investments and how that paid off. And then we created, you know, about um, you know somewhere around thirty or forty breakout sessions around. Uh, how the SMB market can uh, grasp hold of, of a few different strategies uh, to take back with them. And so we really want this event to be something that um, people take action items back with them, not just educational, which it will be, but to figure out, okay, how do I get started and how do I actually do this? Because I read about it, I don't know where to start, and um, you have to be able to, to take something back with it. So that, that, that's one of our main goals, and that's one of the things that we're – uh, we're really looking forward to this year. We're 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 looking to get about a thousand people at the event. So it's going to be a pretty sizable event. When is that? August eighth, and I I believe that our marketing people have created a special code for uh, anyone on the Modern CTO podcast. So if you if you look Ooh. to register, um, use a Modern CTO code with a discount, and there is some kind of discount rate. So. Um, but overall, you know, from going back to, to your, to your um, topic. Yeah, give, me, give me some help for this talk yeah. in Miami. <laughs> you know, I think one of the biggest things is you know, the company has to have a culture that is willing to adapt um, because we can build all the cool technology and implement the right software and all that stuff that, you know, the, the best of breed. If the company doesn't want to adapt, it's not going to adapt. And it doesn't matter what we do to help them with it. They have to have a culture of wanting to change the way they do business, wanting to adapt, wanting to modernize. Um, and so if you get um, culture from, you know, ownership and, and you know, C-level down to the organization that want to adapt, then 
that's when these things become really successful. And, and if I look at impact in our own digital transformation cycle that we go through and we continually go through, um, at first we had to get people educated about what it was and, and how to uh, implement these technologies in, in impact. And we've been doing it with, with an impact for, you know, really the last 10 or 12 years. Um, but it's accelerated because now people know what we can do. They've read the case studies from our customers. They've seen examples with an impact of what we're able to optimize and automate. Um, and so now we have the entire organization coming to, to my team asking for, uh, asking for help in these processes and, 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 and reducing these manual steps and redundant activities and wasteful spreadsheets and wasted emails and so on and so forth. So you, do you have the case studies on your website? We have some on our website and um, we're putting more on our website and uh, most of them we kind of control a little bit to uh, uh, talk to someone first to get an understanding of what makes sense because you can check a whole bunch of stuff on a website. Uh, yeah. But without having a conversation with somebody, it's hard to understand what really they're looking for. Oh, cool. So for me, what I'm looking for is I would just like to read two of them before <laughs> I go up and stand in front of an audience and be like, this that, guy, like we, this we company great. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just cause like, it's interesting. I went, you know, two and a half years ago, I knew nobody, maybe like the five closest people to me and that was it. And then when we started this blog and the podcast and the book and everything now, it's like, I know thousands of people and I, I talked to, yeah, I did 500 interviews last year. Right. Wow. And so you know, there's always like, I always, I like the person, I like the company, but, but then I, before I started, when I started thinking about when advertisers approach us, right. When they started to approach us, oh, we do this pre-roll or whatever. I was like, you know, now I don't know, because like, if it was intercom and they wanted me to do some chat thing, I'd be like, cool, because I use their product every day. And it's like, if it was AWS, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Or Heroku. Right. But, uh, cause I know it, I know it's good. Um, but then for everybody else, like when I'm, not in industry. I'm just like, Oh, like, let's look at some case studies. So then I can be a fan because I don't have anybody that like, I'm, I talk about in the, in the marketing digital transformation world. Right. Yeah. You know, um, we've, uh, we've done some variation of, you know, even before it's called digital transformation, you know, again, really since I started at, at, at impact and, um, we, we kind of focus on either making a process, um, operational, uh, excellent as far as reducing redundant steps and stuff like that. But also if we can improve that customer experience and, and, and the best is when you hit both those buckets within the same strategy or, or, or the same, uh, you know, uh, iteration of the project to address both those buckets. But um, we we're we're looking at, uh, you know, all that stuff at impact is uh, how, how do we, how do we make it easier for customers to do business with us and how do we fulfill those requests as quickly as possible? That's exciting. And it takes a lot of listening to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Listening from employees, listening to customers, uh, thinking, you know, what are people not telling me so we can think of something new that makes it easier for everybody. So. Yeah, I got, I got, um, an outreach from the show people, this one guy in the UK, he said, he's asking me, he's like, I'm going to go interview for the CTO position that I really want. And I looked at the product and I have all these ideas and I'm going to like, I want to go share it with them. And I said, well, have you considered, I didn't tell him what to do because that doesn't work. I said, have you considered just asking them what they're looking for? Right. Cause I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a novel idea. That's something different. Cause when you go up there, you're just going to imagine that they have all the problems that you see in right. the product <laughs> and 
you know, I don't know, but you, I don't, you don't go to your neighbor's house, knock on the door and then tell them everything that's, that's wrong. Right. Yeah, house, yeah. <laughs> and then want to stay for a while. And so I was like, why don't you just ask them, you know, what they, what they want. And he was like, Oh, that's really good. And I was like, cool. I was like, awesome. So then he went and, and he did it. Right. And then he came back and he's like, Oh, I have a second interview. And they're, I'm apparently like the last three in the running and they want me to present uh, what I believe their biggest challenges are at the business. I said, great, you already have the answers. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, when you had your first interview, you asked them what right. they were looking for. <laughs> he's like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, cause I was going to tell them about like using their tech stack like this or doing this or do maybe switching to this language. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, the, the answers. <laughs> they gave me the answers in the first interview. The test is like, if you go put on a slide and present, uh, those are the biggest challenges. He goes, well, about all my ideas to have him, you know, to improve. And he had this one that was actually like pretty good. It was like, oh, let's streamline the onboarding process since they want to double the customer mm -hmm. base. And they told me that it was slow. I was like, perfect. So put that in the business challenges, but also put it in like areas of opportunity, you know? And, and he, then he went on to ask about the first hundred days and stuff like that. But I, I, I felt pretty good um, giving that advice. So I always like to to cross check what I'm staying with people. So what do you, was that okay, good, bad? No, I, yeah, I, th I think you're spot on. You know, we, we, um, w when we meet with customers, you know, uh, a lot of times they're, they're not, they're not sure, you know, how, especially on, around the, the business process stuff, what, what that means to them. Around our IT services, there's, there's a little bit of a more defined scope around how to manage that. And, and we, we do things, obviously, I think unique and, and, and more customized, but specifically around um, our security practice, our managed security practice, and around our business process teams, there's a lot of unknown about what that means to that, to that organization. So it, absolutely, you, you start by having conversations about, you know, what are some of the challenges? What are you trying to accomplish uh, as an organization? Are you trying to grow? Are you trying to, you know, uh, you know, streamline some backend processes and, and, and really get, in, get, get into the, the weeds around that? But you, you want to start with high-level challenges, high-level um, business goals. And then, um, you know, we, we have a suite of, of services and offerings that you have to try and connect to help solve those business challenges. Um, and it doesn't take, you know, a vendor, it doesn't take a product, it doesn't take any of that. It takes really a partner who's going to be with them long term, uh, because there is no magic rip the bandaid off and everything's solved. You got to step into it. You got to have a strategy and you got to more, you know, more importantly align with what those business objectives are and lay that out. And in most cases we're, we're, we're laying out a three, four, five year roadmap for that company, uh, and, uh, and working them through and walking them through each step of that along the way. Uh, amongst all things digital transformation. So everything from securing the network to managing their documents electronically to optimizing business processes uh, to replacing their ERP system to building an app for their customers to use to marketing it and tying that all together into some kind of business strategy. I love it. I like what you guys do. You cover a, a wide range of services, which is really useful, right? So they don't have to go run around everywhere and find vendors and validate vendors right. in every area. And that's usually what we're up against is a, uh, a combination of one, they're not doing any of this today, or at least most of it, or the areas they are doing it, they have four or five vendors. And it, it, like I said, it's not a product, not a vendor relationship. Um, we look to build that partnership with, with that, with that organization. And they have to have the trust in us and, and, and honestly vice versa, because if we're working with them on their, on, on their network and security and their ERP system and business processes, uh, obviously, customer uh, customer responsiveness and support has to be 
the best in the business because we have to be able to respond, um, you know, really to any of those uh, uh, issues or challenges that may arise uh, because we're running that business with them. And um, the last place we want to be is not having the support we need in order to uh, address an issue, regardless of how small it is, because it could affect two or three different parts of that organization. I like it. I like it a lot. As, as we wrap up here, I'm, I would like to know, what are you most excited about right now? Like what's getting you up out of bed? Like what are you super pumped about? at work we'll say at work because we know like the kids are probably getting you up at yeah work. right <laughs> yeah. the fact that it's not negative 25 outside right yes um, okay uh, no you know uh there's a lot we we've launched um uh and are launching new products and services and growing those and building teams out of those that's really exciting but honestly my focus uh is on this this impact optimize event and making sure that we have the right content we have the right people we have the right um, takeaways and that that event's successful because uh, it really is going to be impressive as far as the lineup and having Robert Hertzovec is there, obviously big name, um, huge expectations on on our part to deliver a you know a world class uh, event that educates our customers and in some cases not our customers get them exposed to impact, but ultimately put some definition around what digital transformation is and means to their business. If we can do that to a thousand, you know. Uh, a thousand people, five, six hundred, seven hundred companies. Uh, to me, that's successful, and that's what that's what we're shooting towards this year. So in August, so it's a lot of work, but that's probably has been taking up most of my time and a lot of my uh, a lot of my efforts. And, and obviously, I'm passionate and excited about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. I love it. I'm excited. Maybe maybe I'll come up. Come on down. Maybe. Yeah, I know. I'm up, traveling a lot. I know that I'm out there. I'm out in Chicago twice this year. Okay. Um, I know it's like, I think it's like April, May or April and June or something, but I might be out there. I mean, you, you've kind of sold me on the impact. We may be in Mexico, so we might just miss each other, but uh, <laughs> let me know the dates and we'll be sure to get you out to, uh, you know, some of our offices and maybe a Blackhawks game if they're still playing in April. We'll see what happens. That's right. You're going to Mexico. Why? Because you hit your goals. That's right. <laughs> Frank, this has been fantastic. I really enjoyed hanging out and talking about technology and leadership. You're awesome, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, speak on, uh, on, your, uh, on your show. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to help, please take a moment right now to open up the iTunes app and leave a review of the podcast. If you take a screenshot of the review and text it or email it to a friend who needs to listen to the podcast and then CC me, joel at moderncto.io. If you CC me on the email, I'll send you a copy of the Modern CTO book or give you a shout out on the podcast, whichever you prefer. We're trying to get listed on the top 100 for iTunes and I need your help in order to do this.